So we've started a new series this week called Summer Soundtrack. And I am so excited about this. It's basically we're going to be in the Psalms. And it's, it's super cool because the Psalms, if, how many here in journal and, and God's Word on a daily basis or weekly basis, like it is one of the coolest things I've ever done is to start journaling and essentially saying, God, here's what I'm getting from your Word. Here's what's in my heart. Like I think I have like 20 or 20 years worth of journals in my dresser and I've moved them around over the years and the thing that I I'm excited about one day is my kids are going to get to read these things right when I'm no longer here maybe they'll open one up and see oh wow this is this is what what dad was learning like this is what what the word he was into like this is oh my gosh dad had a really tough day I put everything in those journals Oh, wow, there's so much to celebrate. Dad had a great day. Psalms, most of them were, were written by David. Some by Solomon. There's a few other authors in there also. But they, basically, they, their psalms are David's way to pour out his heart to God. And what's cool about psalms is David didn't hold anything back. He says, this is my song for you. Like, Father, this is like I need you, or I'm praising you, or I'm so thankful. They're basically just... From every emotion on the scale of a human heart, you'll find them in Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 62 today. So you can turn in your Bibles to Psalm 62, your old school traditional Bible, which I love. Uh, this was given to me by a pastor friend of mine in Chicago. Or your new school Bibles on your digital, on your phone app. I like the, uh, the Bible app from version. So we're in the middle of summertime. And I don't know about you guys, but when I think of summertime, I think of traveling usually. Like, I don't know if your plans are like ours and got canceled and erased off the calendar and you're trying to make new plans right now. But when I think of summertime, like I think of what road trips, like my family was like, I hate to say it was like National Lampoon's vacation, like everybody get in the trusty wagon, right? And head across the country. And back in the day, we had Rand McNally maps, like the big ones, right? You, could, you didn't need the small one because you needed to see it while you were driving, right? Or if you have a co-pilot. So road trips, and what's even cooler about those road trips is what? Good music during the road trips. And so when I think of summer, I think of road trips. I think of good music. And along with what we're talking about today, soundtracks. So if you had to pick a song or a soundtrack to fit your life, because like everybody, you know, if you played baseball, you got to pick your walkout song, right? When you're, as you're walking out from the dugout to the batter's, uh, the batter's box, they played your song, like your song. And I always love helping Blake kind of pick out his songs. And as a dad, I'd have some ideas. And he's like, no, dad, that's old school. Like, I, there's some new stuff out now. I'm like, all right, okay, fine. So he had some, always had some cool walkout songs. If you had a soundtrack today, if you had to pick one, what would it be? Think of your favorite song. So I'm thinking about this last couple months. If we had to just pick a soundtrack out for these last few months, I think it might be called Staying Alive by the Bee Gees, <laughs> right? It's like I've been saying every day is Groundhog Day. So, so I had a little fun. I pulled up. I said, okay, I grew up in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s. Let me read this, Let me read this for you real quick. Bee Gees, Staying Alive. And I'm going to skip some parts. It says, now it's all right. It's okay. And you may look the other way. We can try to understand the New York Times' effect on a man. I mean, how relevant is that, right? Whether you're a brother or whether you're a mother, you're staying alive, just staying alive. 
feel the city breaking and everybody shaking, and we're staying alive. We're staying alive. And then, of course, the you guys can do this one. The, uh, uh, <laughs> staying alive. Sorry. Well, now I'll get too low and I get high and I can't get either. I really try. Got the wings of heaven on my shoes. I'm a dancing man. I just can't lose. You know it's all right. It's okay. I'll live to see another day. Staying alive. So when you think about Corona, maybe you'll think back at the Fiji song. Think about staying alive, okay? It's like we're just trying to get through each day. We're praying for our brothers and sisters across the country that, that it's a little different here, right? We're in a little bit of a bubble, and we know a few people. So be praying. Be praying for what's happening across our country. So mine, let me share mine with you. And this is probably my song, my soundtrack. Maybe when, when I first had, you know, Blake, Colby, Chloe, and I was thinking, okay, what's my... What do I, what, what's my song? Like, what's my new song? Because I had to pick a different song than my single days, because that was a different Larry. Like, I don't even know maybe what my song is today, so I'll work on that during this series. But that song back then was, for me at least, was Creed's With Arms Wide Open. Let me read a little bit of this to you. With Arms Wide Open. And I'm thinking about my kids right now. Under the sunlight, welcome to this place. I'll show you everything with arms wide open. Now everything has changed. I'll show you love. I'll show you everything with arms wide open. He basically, he's, he's talking about, he's singing this anthem to his kids and say, I want them to, to not be hesitant when it comes to just enjoying their life on this earth. Like really, yes, it's going to be tough, but it's also going to be awesome. Just embrace all of it with arms wide open. And at that time in my life, I think it was like, what, late 90s, early 2000s? I didn't want my kids to experience everything that I had experienced. I wanted them to experience something awesome, what God had meant for them. So what's your soundtrack? This is, this is important. It's basically like, what is that thing that keeps you moving, that keeps you going? It's basically your purpose, God's purpose and plan for your life. What's the song He's put in your heart today? We're going to read a little bit of David's in Psalm 62, and he doesn't hold anything back. Let me read it. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I shall not be greatly shaken. Then he tells us a little bit about what's happening to him lately. Basically describing what's been going on, the attack on him to drive him into God. He says, how long will all of you attack a man to batter him leaning on a wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to, tr- to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood and see they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. And he's talking about, he's saying compared to God, Compared to God's soundtrack for our lives, His love for us, His plan for us, this truth that He put in our heart, this truth He gave us in this Word, He said oftentimes when we're dealing with each other, right? When we're dealing with men and women, when we're dealing, especially when we're dealing with people that don't know God, what does it feel like? It feels like they're coming against me. Like it feels like they're, they're after me. It feels like, I mean, where does all these negative thoughts and behaviors come from? It, sometimes it feels like it's against who? It's against us, our heart. It's easy for us to get focused on the actions and the words of men and women. 
It's super easy. And it's going to happen because we're imperfect people, right? David is saying, God alone. Right before he got to this part, he's saying, God alone, my soul waits. You alone are my rock and my salvation. So let me continue. Psalm 62, 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. Think David's journaling right now. Like think he's pouring his words and his heart out on paper. You alone are my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. So now he's praying and now he's reminding himself of the truth. Not the lies that come from men and women sometimes, but the truth. Trust in Him at all times, O people. So now He's calling out to the rest of us. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is our refuge. It's a reminder. Selah. And then in verse 9, those of low estate are but a breath, and those of high estate are a delusion. So now He's saying, you know, the worth, the worth of men and women. Like the way we humans think, we're always sizing one another up, right? We're always saying, well, what's your resume look like? Or what's your successes look like? Or how many trophies do you have? Or you, name it. What's my title versus your title? Like in what David is saying, compared to God and God alone, like we're either just a breath or we're a delusion. Like if, again, he's trying to say our focus when it's on one another, we can get easily distracted. I mean, right? How often do we at the workplace start to worry about other people? whether we're the boss or whether we're, we're working for a boss, like we're always worried about what people think and what people do. And he's trying, to, he's trying to remind us the danger in that. Those of low estate are but a breath, and those of high estate are delusion, and the balances they go up. They are together lighter than a breath. He's saying there's not, guys, don't put so much weight in the weight in the words of man and woman that you miss out on the, again, the words, the truth, the soundtrack that God has for our lives. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set, your not, set not your heart on them. Meaning, don't, don't chase after these things that we think are going to make our lives worthy. I mean, I even think of some of the stories on our own island here in Kodiak, and you, some of you probably even know the families, that their homes are broken into. I think there were like some silver coins in a in a safe that were that were stolen and now, and now the dude and I think he had a couple of partners were caught. I think they caught him on the ferry and they're spending I don't know how many years in jail because of it. Like it's so easy because our system is built on what our marketplace on money, on currency. It's so easy to try to find our value sometimes in even money or success or even our paycheck. And it's saying, don't even, don't even give your heart over to that. Vain hopes and robbery. Don't trust in extortion. Do not set your heart on them. Once God has spoken twice, this is the last part, 11 and 12. I have heard this, that the power belongs to God. And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. And I think it's cool, like if you read Scripture and you read all through the Gospel and you read through everything that God is trying to tell us through Christ, He's saying, guys, all those things that we so easily get distracted on, our self-worth, 
Like, where do we find our value? Where do we find our self-worth? How do we ascribe self-worth and value to others? He's trying to say, just know how much God loves you. Just know how much, what God has made you for. God alone is what we long for. God alone is what we long for. How many years did we spend time longing for what a, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, right? A, a wife or a husband. Like if, how do we, as single people, sometimes we long for someone who gets us and who will what? As Jerry, as Jerry Maguire, forget her name, said, you complete me. Like sometimes we long for these things. And, and we're made for that. Like we're made for companionship. We're made for fellowship. We're, we're made to give our love away. But first, it starts with God alone. I'm going to make it through this or I'm going to have to call somebody else to come preach. So who's ready? Who's ready? I have notes. Emil said he'll do it. Cool. I, you know what was cool is just a few weeks ago, I introduced Anderson and Meredith, Meredith this morning. Just a few weeks ago, we stood on top of Pillar Mountain. And um, just like Josiah and Emily are planning their wedding for September, what's cool for them, and, and we, they could have been distracted and probably had to work through a million distractions trying to make their wedding day happen. I mean, they could probably share with you detail after detail, event after event that got canceled because of, because of this whole corona thing. What's cool is the two of them stood on top of a mountain underneath who? God alone. And I said to them, guys, I don't, this is no accident. I said, this is, to me, you know, this is so cool because in, on Kodiak Island, they both have left their families, right? A, a man and a woman shall leave their father and mother and become one. They're professing their love for one another and saying their vows together underneath God alone. And I said, what's cool about this is you will always remember it was you two and God from the very beginning. And I'm so encouraged to see and you'll, they'll get to be with their families again. They'll get to have their friends again. They'll probably all come back to Kodiak Island as soon as they can. But what's cool is like God alone is all you need. It's what we long for. It's how He made us. Psalm 62, 1 and 2. Let me read it again. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock, my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. And why David is saying he's my rock, like he has both feet firmly on the rock. On the rock. Back in the day, um, if you didn't know it, they, this is so important, especially it's very meaningful to somebody like David because he's a warrior. So David has fought many wars. Like he is, if you've ever heard of the hundred mighty men, David's mighty men, they go out and fight these battles and conquer in God's name. What's cool about, what's important about having your feet firmly on the rock, on God's foundation, is it's one of the simple practices that keeps your feet steady, that keeps your balance as a warrior, that keeps you grounded so that you won't be easily thrown off, lose your balance. So like those of us today that, that have one foot, you've heard it before in church, right? One foot in the world, one foot in the kingdom in heaven. It's difficult sometimes when, when our feet are what? In shaking sand. If I've got one foot on shaking sand and one foot on the rock, I still don't have the balance that God's called me to. He's saying, I want both of your feet to be on the rock. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. 
A.W. Tozer said it this way, and he's kind of revealing what's in our hearts. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So she sometimes say, what's my soundtrack for my life? Like, what are the thoughts that I have about our Father God who created the universe and everything else? Like, what's, what are my thoughts? Like, what's in my heart? According to Tozer, and I, I agree with it, it's actually the most important thing. It says everything about us. Because what's in our heart truly, it directs our steps. It, out of the mouth, what? Overflows our heart. Like our true feelings. And sometimes, how many, how many people have caught themselves in a bad, in a bad situation with somebody you love, a friend or a family member or a spouse that you had to go back and apologize for, right? Like, right? Like I'm, I'm a very expressive person, so I've had to learn over the years, like, oh my gosh, like where in the world did that come from? And I had to ask Myra for forgiveness like a million times. And thankfully, she, she said yes, she'd forgive me. She's never said she'd sorry, but that's a whole nother sermon, you know. And she's not here, so I can say stuff like that. No, but for real, she might have apologized like twice in our whole marriage. And, and, and maybe, she, you know, maybe she didn't need to, but, but I'm just, you know, who's keeping score, right? Out of our hearts flow. There's always truth coming out of our mouths even when they're lies, because you know why they're true? Because they're a reflection of where our heart is. And like my encouragement to say, what God's trying to say is, what David's trying to say to us is, God alone is directing your steps. Like God alone should have your heart. If your heart is broken right now because of something that you're, you're missing, or if, you're, if our hearts are bitter right now because of someone that, that we haven't forgiven, or... If our hearts are distracted by what? By fear? You know, loneliness? Like whatever those things might be. Anxiety? Apprehension? Like I just want to encourage you today, just as this psalm is saying, God, You alone can give me peace in this thing. Like You alone can give me encouragement to let me see and trust those next steps. Right? Oftentimes, I, I say that one of my favorite scriptures is when God says, your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. What's cool about that, and I had a pastor friend tell me once, I said, I said Pastor Allen, like, how, how do you know in this whole ministry thing that we're doing, how do you know where you're going to be in five years? Like, I'm having problems like planning out the next five years. I, I can barely see two feet in front of me. It's way different than the corporate world. Right? They give you a 30-year ladder and, and you know each step in that ladder if all goes well. In ministry, it's not like that. You get one step at a time right in front of you. He said, Larry, that's just the way sometimes God's plan works for us. He said, I'll give you one next step and I just want you to trust me with it. I've learned, like I'll tell you, I've learned after 18 years in full-time ministry, I have to give him my heart for every one of those next steps. I have to give them all of my fears, all of my worries, and I have to say, God, I trust you. God alone is what we long for. He's our secure place. We can run. He is our rescuer, our rock, our salvation. God knows you. He created you. He is all-powerful. So think about that for just a moment. If He is the all-powerful God who made us, and I know that's just... I know that takes all of our brain power, like every brain cell, to go back to the early days, you know, of the Big Bang is what science calls it. To go back to the creation of the universe. 
And the universe is still moving outward, by the way. It's still moving. And it all goes back to this point of creation. God knows you. He created you. He is all-powerful. Jeremiah 32.17 says it this way, A sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing can distract us when we are tuned into His soundtrack. Like I, I am telling you, so when we get to heaven, here's my theory. When we get to heaven, we are going to experience a most profound, most immersive, most full and complete love that we've ever felt. And I think it'll be like immediate. I think it'll be immediate. I think it's one of those things where we get glimpses of here on this earth, right? When, when we're not fighting with our spouse, when the paycheck comes in on time, you know, when we experience these happy moments on this earth that I think it's a glimpse and they're fleeting. But I think when we get in front of God one day in heaven, we're going to experience the fullness of His love and completeness. And I believe while we're here on this earth, He says, just as what in our Lord's Prayer, just as in heaven on earth, He wants us to try to live that out and experience the love and the plan and the music that He set for us. He says, I have a plan for you. Like, I have a path for you. Like, I don't think it's any coincidence that jo Josiah and Emily found each other, two farmers from different parts of the country whose families are farmers that came to Alaska to participate in kind of a farm, but it's also kids, right? He knows the music. He knows the scores. Like, and he is, he is writing their story together. Like, it's no coincidence, and I'll just say this, and I'm not trying to be prophetic or whatever. I'm just saying it's, it's a coincidence. Like, we as a church are praying for worship leaders, and we have an awesome worship ministry. Marilyn and Josh and the rest of our team are pouring out their love for God, and Heather Norton, she's back there hiding behind Emil, are pouring out their heart for God on a weekly basis. But we're praying for leaders of the church. And I, you know, and we, we don't know who that might be, but I'm thankful as after the wedding, well, Anderson and I were, were setting up the trellis for their wedding on top of Pillar. And he said, hey, we were going to hold out for a little while, but we feel like we're supposed to do this. And they had no idea we were praying as a church. They hadn't been apart been because apart they had to quarantine while we talked about this. And I'm praying in my office and I'm praying at home. I'm praying constantly, right? Anderson said, we were going to we were going to wait, but we want to, Meredith and I both believe, we want to step in and, and help lead worship. And I'm just thinking, oh, praise God, like, we as a church are praying for what our worship would look like. We want to incorporate the old hymns and the new stuff. We want to start with this blank piece of paper that brings all of our souls alive, a truly multi-generational. And God is sending people to our church. I am so excited. It's going to look different each, each week, guys. We're going to try new things each week. We're going to build. It'll be unplugged, I think, for a little while. So if you've seen MTV Unplugged, that's kind of like what this morning was, right? So sorry if I'm, I'm revealing my age. I grew up on MTV back in the 80s when music television used to be awesome. Nothing can distract us from when we tune in to God's soundtrack. Nothing can distract us when we're saying, God, like, I know you have a plan. And I want to be a part of your plan. And even when we get distracted, I'll, I'll bring up Larry Watkins' name in here again. He called me and he said, Larry, have we heard anything about our citywide prayer walk since this whole COVID thing happened? 
And I said, man, like we've been so heads down just trying to get through each week. All the churches have been just kind of focused on, you know, keeping the doors open at their church and healthy and safe. I said, I don't, I said, I haven't heard anything about it, but let's bring it up again. It was supposed to be in May during Crab Fest. Lo and behold, another few people in our community, we've already talked to the pastors, but another few people in our, few people in our community had said, we're going to do this. And Larry and I didn't know anything about it, but it was already started again. If you want to drive in your car, that's awesome. If you want to walk, that's awesome. I believe every church on our island, and I know of two for sure right now, but I believe all of us want to get in on this. Just pray for our island. Just pray. I believe this is something God's trying to get us to do to say, guys, I'm at work here, and I want to use our people. I want to bring light to the darkness that we just talked about. I want to bring like a new song to this island. And I want people to know that there's love that's greater than anything that they could ever choose. God alone, right? That's our prayer. That we would see God alone break through to the darkness on our island. To those who are caught up in things that are, that are completely have distracted them away from what they were made for in God's love. Psalm 62, 3-6. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall or tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. This is humans again, right? This is what, this is what we, we as men and women are, are good at sometimes. They take pleasure in falsehood. See, they bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. That's a warning against what's in our hearts. Like this is a time, you know, every time we take communion, the one thing I like to have us do and we as church, as Christians should always do is like look at our hearts and say, what's really going on in here before we take communion? Even before we do these prayer walks, we're trying to set up communion the weekend before and potentially confession and prayer like um, that week before and right before we do the walk. It's just a, it's just a way of like preparing our hearts for spiritual warfare, honestly to prepare our hearts and say, God, I'm completely like you alone. Your grace, your love, your power is the only way this is going to work. And I confess these things in my heart as a human. That's what David's trying to describe. I confess these things in my heart. I give them to you. And just show me the way. Let me keep going. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And then he finishes in verse 8 and 9. Or I'll go through 12 actually. Trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Those of lowest state are but a breath, and those of the highest state are just a delusion. In the balances they go up, they are together lighter than a breath. Like for those of us who are people pleasers, who's a people pleaser in the room? Like, like we will spend most of the lives wanting other people to like us or like our gift, the thing that we want to bring. And if we're not careful sometimes, I think God reminds us, Larry, it's not about people liking you. I mean, sure, that's awesome. That's a bonus. It's not about people liking you. right? Churches today are built on what? Personality. You've seen a lot of them, right? Large churches. They're really meant to be built on God's Word and God's Word alone. 
let's, he's basically warning us to say, it's God alone. Watch our hearts. And then when God speaks, listen to him. Once God has spoken, twice have I heard this. The power belongs to God and that to you. O Lord, belongs steadfast love, for you will render to a man's according to his work. Let me encourage you in this. And then we'll talk about how do I get my mind off of what's distracted. Let me encourage you this first. Let's get our eyes off the world. Like especially right now. Like maybe turn off the news. Turn off the social media for a little while. And I'm a big fan, right, of social media. I love photography. I love sharing. I think it's a way we can encourage one another. But it also can be so distracting. Let's get our eyes off of other people's opinions of us especially for people pleasers, what we were just talking about. Let's just say, you know what, God? And I had to remind myself of this all day long yesterday for some reason. Like, God, it's you and you alone. Like, I'm here to please you. I want to know your plan. Like, it's, it's not about pleasing my kids, right? It's not always about making my wife super happy, which I, I'm thankful when she is and when, I, when I'm able to do that. Like, but she's got to seek God for that true happiness and peace, right? Just like I do. Like each one of us. And that's when God brings us together. Let's get our eyes off of one another. Let's focus on God alone. Focus on His plan, His promises. He is strong. He's a loving God. Remember, He's the one that created the universe and created us. So how do we keep, and this is one of those, Larry, how do I keep my mind off the things that that you so easily distract. People are imperfect. We're always going to distract each other. But God is perfect. Here's what I'd say, just like the, the challenge for journaling this morning, lean in. When you feel like I'm distracted and you feel like, here's a, here's a good key, when your anxiety starts to spike, when you feel like you can't control the things around you, or when things are changing too fast, Go, God, I need you. Like, give me your truth. And this is where I get on the, literally, I get on my knees in front of my desk and in front of my bed, and I say, God, you alone will never change. Like, you alone will never lead me astray. You are for me. You are for those who love you. You're for my marriage. You're for us succeeding at work. You're for us as a church succeeding in a community. In God's name, He alone. Colossians 3.23 says this. It reminds us that this is kind of more the work Scripture, that when we work, we're not working for men, we're working for God. Let me read it. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Like It took me years to get this one right. And I think it's because, like I tell you guys all the time, 18 years ago I was at Duke Energy and we were hitting home runs and I was getting paid way more than I should have been getting paid. You know, as a guy who knew technology and the internet, it, it kind of spoiled me because they used to throw money at people that, that knew software and internet. And I think they still do. But the point is, is that it was distracting. And, and I was like, I gave God every other part of my life. Like, God, you can have my marriage, you can have my kids, you can have my devotion in the morning. But when I get to work, for whatever reason, like I would, I would leave God in my car or at home. And I would just focus on work because work was what? It was about me and my performance. And so that's, I just want to say, 
Guys, sometimes we even need to get our, our minds off of who we're working for. I said, God, I'm working for you. Like, you can have all of it. There was a point in time where, where I segmented the parts of my life that I wanted God to be in, and, and what, honestly, I just wasn't thinking about it. It's not that I didn't want Him there. I wasn't thinking about it. But now I'm like, I'm like, God, you have all of me. You have my work. I mean, I'm looking, at, I'm looking around the room, and I'm seeing amazing people, teachers, engineers. I mean, I've seen musicians. Like, I'm seeing all of us, people who want to be um, want to be pilots, you know, rescue swimmers in the room, like you name it, educators. We have so many of us in this room. Our, I'm forgetting on our medical community. Who you, you guys are saving the day for us. Thank you guys for all that you do. Our homemakers. Like, we all work for an audience of one. We all work for God and God alone. It's a part of how He made us. So this is how. You say, how do I get my just my how do I keep from being distracted, Larry, all through the week in my job or at home when the kids are like throwing sippy cups at me and baby food and like, you know, or like hitting each other with baseball bats? Like, how do I not get distracted in those things? Or when a boss is like being oppressive and they've they've given you a bad report card. And I've been on both sides of that, by the way, so I'm kind of double edged sword for me. Like, how do we not get distracted and defeated in those things? This is my favorite scripture. Philippians 4.8. It says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. And if you look at what David's doing in the psalm, he's saying, this is what's real. This is, this is what I do not like. This is what's distracting. But he says, God, you are real. And you alone can be my peace. Like you alone love me. So focus on him on what is true and right is the last blank in your sermon notes. And I'll finish, this, I'll finish the message and invite Meredith and Anderson back up as I read this last scripture. When we focus on what is true and right and lovely, what's it doing? If we meditated on this one scripture, just as David does in so many psalms, it starts to it starts to dig away and, and remove the negativity that that's, that gets planted in our heart all week. It starts to remove those negative thoughts that we carry around, right? That get stuck in our heads. And as we meditate on God's Word, focus on what is true, what is right, what is lovely, He starts to transform our thoughts. He starts to transform our heart. And over time, I've even seen it in my own marriage, He starts to transform our words and our actions to focus on what is real. Like God alone, God alone is the way to the life that He created for us. Let's not let the world replace something temporary in our hearts. Let's let them keep our minds focused on eternity. So let me finish by reading Psalm 62, 5 and 6. And just, just think about these words for a moment as being true for you. For God alone, O oh my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation. 
my fortress. I shall not be shaken. God's love is greater. Like He alone, He alone wants to lead us through this life. Like every single one of us are going to get distracted by what's temporary. I just want to encourage you, don't get distracted by what's temporary. Don't get distracted what we think is our value. If it's anything less than what God says, you are loved. I have a plan for you. It doesn't matter if you're 18 or if you're 80. Like Retirement's not a word in the Bible. I know that we keep looking for it. He wants to use us until we're ready to go to heaven, until we get wings on our shoes, as that first song said. So for those of us that are still living this life and just staying alive and barely staying alive, like I want to say, guys, like this, is, this could be a day that you said, I want you, I want all of you, and I want you alone. So let me close our eyes and we'll pray. Father, I thank You for David and how real he was. You just writing his, his heart and emotions. Uh, Father, I, I know oftentimes that You don't calm the storm, that You allow it to rage around us, that you, sometimes You don't take us out of the middle of attack or a circumstance that is extremely hard. Father, I thank You that You have a plan in that. And Father, even like my own life, You showed me even through all the hard days and hard months and hard years that You alone is where I'm going to find my foundation. That You alone is where I'm going to find love and peacefulness and fulfillment. God, for those in the room who've never said, I want You and You alone, I pray that today is that day for them. I just talked to someone this week that professed to not believe in any God at all. And God, Father, I, I ask that You just make Yourself real to them. Jesus walked on this earth with so many witnesses. He died on the cross. He rose again, again, with witnesses that, that even His own brother didn't believe. That He said, I believe. I finally believe. It is You and You alone. Thank You for giving us today. Thank You for empowering us to, empowering us to be Your church, Father. Thank you for reminding us that it's you and you alone. I thank you for eternity because of your son. In Jesus' name.